Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Wrapping up the day's sporting issues deep into the night, this is Extra Time on SENZ. Zealand with the first pass off. So we are up and underway. Event finder, stadium, game one of the Tiny Jamison series. We just about wore a Jamaican goalkeeper in the commentary position here as they fought for a ball going over the sideline. Karaka into Gordon and then a lob pass from Sunis over to Wiki. That's the spot she missed the last two. And now she's put those two behind her and she's absolutely nailed that one. Silverfern's are much more urgent. A beautiful intercept from Ali Temu. She read that from a mile away. I see her eyes light up before she even got the intercept. She knew it was hers. Fantastic play, which has turned into a possession. Maddie Gordon, a huge lob pass to Grace. She is on fire. Little sort of a Aaron Smith type pass from Whitney Sunis into Amelia Ann. 29-17. She has a nice tall Shimona Nelson under the post to pick up her rebounds. And she pops it in. They deserve that goal. They worked really hard to get that down. And then do completely the opposite when they yeah, on. Maybe. We've hit half time. A pretty comfortable lead for New Zealand. The Silver Ferns lead 36 goals to 20. Whitney Soonis down to Grace Wicket who shoots nonchalantly and gets it through. Ben Nelson that's had to come out roaming and looking for it. She's not getting a You're lot You're right, of she is not happy. She's clapping her hands and telling her teammates to move. Snatches the ball from above her head. Puts the shot up, flicks the ball away. The competitive nature has come to the fore. Nelson shoots, gets her own rebound just, just... Shimona Nelson, she puts up the return Yeah, she shot. did really well to get that rebound. I did think Kelly Drury had it, but nope. Jamaica, who have found the circle edge. Beautiful interplay. That was very, very nice. Attacking play of the night for Jamaica. We got claps and a chahu that time. Claps, chahus and thumbs, they're all coming for Jamaica, man. Time is up. Great quarter. Much improved quarter from Jamaica. Really made it a contest. They got to 13 goals in that quarter. Uh, 10 in the first, 10 in the second. 
The overall score is 54 goals, 33 goals in favour of the Silver Ferns. Great pass from Tapia Sabi Rickett into Grace Wicket there. Grace was holding a lot higher than she normally does and then Tapia Sabi Rickett saw the space, let it go. Easy peasy. Ali Timu who plants herself as she's like the launching pad for the attacking third attack. Grace Wicket. Money for Jam. The newly bibbed centre gets it back to the former centre, gets it to the new centre. That was nice, a nice Lovely. little passage of play there. Shimona Nelson with a long range shot. Oh, oh they deserve that. But a, a scrambly, a scrambly rebound, and ultimately the goal for Giselle Allison. There we got a contact under the goal. Yeah, here we go. Contact. Seventy under the goal. goals. Free shot for Grace Wicket. Free shot. That's a better bargain than you get at Briscoe. Grace Wicket rounds it out. 70 goals to 45. Final score, 70-45 to the Silver Fist. Yeah, there you heard it from uh, Mark Stafford with the call on the netball tonight from the North Shore Events Centre or the what's it called, Event Finder Arena now. Uh, that game has just finished and as you heard, the Silver Ferns beating Jamaica 70-45. to A lot of uh, things to, to break down out of this. Uh, least of all the game, I think. I mean, how do we get to this position? I know that's a question that has been asked and I don't think we've got an, uh, an answer yet. We're did this all go wrong? I mean, this tiny Jamison Trophy uh, series was supposed to start Saturday in Hamilton. Now, from what I understand, uh, the Jamaicans sent their passports to Washington to get visas, and uh, some of them came back, some of them didn't, some of them got visas, some of them didn't. So we end up with seven players here. Five couldn't make it. Now, of that 12-person um, team or squad that was originally announced, it wasn't the same squad that we saw at the Com Games that beat Australia and beat New Zealand. It was a weakened team. I think there was only three players from that. So it was already going to be weakened. But now you've got a squad that's come here and uh, you've had seven players, uh, four of whom aren't first choice. And then you, the bench is made up of, get this, uh, if you haven't been following it, the, the bench is made up of Carla Borrego, who's 38, she was part of the 2003 Nepal World Cup. I think she's played professionally since uh, 2017, uh, but she lives here now. Uh, so she was drafted in uh, to be on the bench. Also, Romelda Aiken-George. Now, she is a Jamaican player who resides in Australia and uh, has only six weeks ago had her first child. So she was called in as an emergency. And also, Connie Francis, who... Um, played in the Netball World Cup in 1987, uh, which was two years after Ian Foster made his first-class debut in rugby. So she's at well in her 50s. Um, and that is what the Silver Ferns are up against tonight. So it's hard to put into perspective whether 7045 is good. I don't know. What do you think? 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. Having listened to that game, or if you saw the game, you were there, you're driving home now. What did you think? What what did you see out of the Silver Ferns and their performance? Can we take anything out of this? Because that's the other thing is we're supposed to have three games. It's now two. And it's a, a, a vastly under, I was going to say undermanned, but I don't know if that's the right term, but, you know, uh, under-resourced, should we say, Jamaican side. Uh, and that is supposed to be our preparation for the Constellation Cup against Australia. 
Now, I know World Netball are going to look into this. Uh, they've, they've promised an investigation, um, and I know the Jamaican head of Jamaican Netball has talked about how it's far from ideal and it's not what we want to see. And, you know, it just makes me wonder where Netball is at at the moment because not only do we have this series going that way, but, you know, Netball in Australia, the pro game, they're, uh, Netball Australia financially aren't in a great place. They're having a look at making cuts. Um, and so, I mean, if the Aussies, who are the best in the world and generally do those kind of leagues very, very well, I mean, remember a few years ago when we had the mixed comp in New Zealand-Australia uh, and the Aussies decided to pull out of it because they wanted to do their own comp, well, that, that seems to have gone sideways. Um, so does that mean that they'll come back and then we'll end up with a New Zealand-Australia comp again? I don't know. I'm not sure how New Zealand netball are off financially, but you've got to think that this hurts because they had to refund all the tickets that they sold to the game in Hamilton, and now the two games that they do have, both in Auckland, uh, I think ticket prices are about half the price that they were going to charge. So there are a lot of questions to be asked, a lot of questions to be asked. There's the on-the-court stuff, there's the off-the-court stuff. But what did you think? What did you make of the performance? And what do you think uh, Dame Nolene Tolrua got out of this tonight, if anything at all? 0800 150 is our phone number. Or you can text us on double eight double three. If you were there, if you're driving home um, and you're on hands-free, give us a call, 0800 150 and uh, give us your thoughts on the netball. What did you make of it? Uh, you've been listening uh, on SENZ at home or, or driving uh, or out and about wherever you are. Uh, what did you make of what you heard from Mark Stafford's uh, commentary call? And uh, where do you think netball sits at the moment? Because I think netball at the moment is on a bit of a precipice as a sport, as a top-level sport. Because if I'm a young female athlete who has options, I'm looking at it and go, well, do... Do I play netball or, you know, if you want to think about something that has a similar skill set, do I look at basketball? I mean, we've got a a women's basketball league um, started here now um, with the NBL, which is good. Uh, But also, not not just that, basketball takes you places that netball can't take you. You know, basketball can take you just about anywhere. And the other thing is, you know, you can get college scholarships. Maybe you can get an education out of it by playing basketball. So... There's that. I mean, and even if you look at other sports, you know, football uh, is another prime example. Even rugby is getting its act together on the women's front. So netball has to be really, really careful, I think, at the moment because it's not like it used to be where the boys played rugby, the girls played netball. There are so many different choices for athletes now, and not just for athletes, but young kids coming through. I mean, is this an advert for young kids? If you've got, I've got a daughter who's nine, she, she, she doesn't care. She's we had this on the TV out there, and she's throwing darts at the dart, which isn't even watching. Uh, she's not bothered one iota. So netball has to be careful. Netball has to be careful. I think. Um, can you get your thoughts on that? Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Or double eight double three. Yvonne Willering is going to come on the show after ten o'clock. We'll get her thoughts on this, and see if she can talk us around to why maybe this is a good idea. Maybe we can find a silver lining. Uh, with Yvonne, because I don't even know if you can count these as full netball tests, can you? I mean, I know it is, I know technically it is, but given who the opposition are and the state they're in and everything that's happened around the series, I think there's always going to be an asterisk next to that, doesn't there? I mean, because this is a team, as I said, Jamaica, the team Jamaica that wore those dresses at the Commonwealth Games, well, it was a vastly different team, beat Australia and beat New Zealand. This should have been a contest. 
when this was announced, I was looking forward to it. You know, I'm not the biggest netball fan in the world. I won't watch week in, week out of, say, the ANZ uh, Premiership. But when I heard Jamaica were coming here, after the performance they put on at the Com Games, I was excited to see what they could bring. And then we got what we got. So that is hugely disappointing, and it's going to be disappointing for the netball fans and netball public in general as well. It is 18 away from 10. Give us a call, 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811, the netball. What do you think? Is it worth going through with this series? Is there anything in it for Dame Nolene Tolderer? And where is netball at the moment? Good to hear from you. 0800 150 811. This is SENZ Extra Time. It is uh, 14 away from 10 o'clock here on SENZ Extra Time. Ricardo Ball with you through till 11 o'clock tonight after that uh, test. First test of the Tiny Jamison Trophy uh, with the Ferns getting the win 70-45 over a much weakened Jamaican side. I have had a text through asking about uh, when we get to hear about the Darcy Swain verdict. It's a really good question. Uh, I've had a look. I can't see anything yet other than... um, uh, Darcy Swain having a cry um, and saying that he didn't mean to hurt anyone and that all his teammates are devastated for him. No intention to injure him. Go, go away. Who are you even trying to kid? Next you'll be telling me Bernard Foley didn't hear the referee. Don't believe any of it. All a load of rubbish out of Australian rugby and out of the Wallabies camp. But uh, apparently we will hear something tomorrow morning. Apparently on Darcy Swain. So there you go. That is the situation there. But... Um, uh, yeah, give us a call on 0800 150 811 or 8833 if you've got a take on that or on the netball tonight. I know uh, Ben has. I was actually just quickly before the netball, I was quickly going to touch on the Darcy Swain mm. thing. It's actually quite funny because to this morning he was actually named in the Australian A squad to yep. tour Japan. Mm. I saw that and I did wonder whether or not, and I, I, I'll have to look into the uh, regulations actually, but does an A2 account as game served if you get a suspension or is it just time? I guess it depends how they do the rolling, but it just yeah. could be a way so you can still play. Yeah, well, yeah, that'd that'd be an Australian trick, wouldn't it? Um, potentially. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on that because I don't believe any of this rot that's coming out there. Oh, we're standing by by him. He's devastated. He never meant to hurt anybody. He looked at that. He came in from the side. He wrapped his left arm around Tupai's lower leg, so it held it in place, and then hit above it deliberately with his shoulder. It's just absolute bizarre scenes, and the fact that he only got a yellow for that, <laughs> I think, to me, it just summed up the game. But uh, with the netball, it was really good to see some of those uh, combinations out there for the Silver Ferns. You know, Maddie Gordon and Grace Nowicki, very early on, mm. had a very good little combo going. Uh, great to see Ali Timu finally get out there and get a debut, and Kelly Jury very strong at the back in that defensive partnership. Look... look while it's a bit hard because, you know, this is, is a official test match because uh, Jamaica have 10, 10 people there that can play. I think if they had less, it couldn't be classified as a test match. But just after the Commonwealth Games, and I guess you kind of look building, coming on after that, you kind of, this is just going to be a bit of a confidence booster, I guess. It's just going to give some of the players a bit of a rhythm out there. The Silver Ferns had an extra couple of days to work on some combinations with the series getting delayed. Not ideal, and hopefully we never have this situation again. But as I said, some of those combos out there tonight, they looked really good. I think a few players got a run, and there might be a few different players get another opportunity tomorrow night as well. And look, at the end of the day, it's all. I think it will serve them all in good stead heading 
heading forward, but I, just seeing combinations work, regardless of who was out there, I think is a positive. Yeah, well, I mean, it was effectively an opposed training, wasn't it? That's that's what it was. Um, I just wonder how how well it uh, you know prepares you for a three-game series against the Aussies in the Constellation Cup that we've got coming up. Yeah, that's true. And I know some people out there were saying that instead of when the whole Jamaica fiasco came out, people were saying, well, why don't they just call in the New Zealand men's team? That would Mm. probably be a bit of a better challenge. Uh, But obviously really determined for the series to go ahead. I know considering Jamaica beat us at the Commonwealth Games, I think New Zealand probably really wanted to have a, a proper three-match series, but it's it's just is what it is. But as I say, I think the fact that you get to work on combos, I think that will be important. Whether that will be enough for them to compete with Australia, time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, you know, I'm interested to talk to um, Yvonne Willering as well. You know, uh, she's got so much respect for her. Her knowledge of the game, I don't think can be surpassed in New Zealand and I'd uh, be interested to hear what her thoughts were on tonight because I brought this up with Mark Foster the other day and she's very tight with Dame Nolene Toldor so um, she seems to, well she tends to sing from a similar song sheet, you know they have similar thoughts on, on netball and the way it should be played but I, you know, for me like Peter Tuiava um, should be in that team but she's not there there's a few others like that as well so be keen to get Yvonne Willering's take on, on that uh, when we get her on after 10 o'clock. There was actually one nice little moment. It was before the game. Ali Timu was making her debut, mm. and during the anthem there, she did shed a few tears, which was you know great to see. And while people are saying, questioning the credentials of the test match, I guess to her, it's going to be her first actual test match. And guess what? She actually got to play the whole sixty minutes. Unless, uh, unlike some other people in other sports who have played a cameo fifty seconds in their debut, <laughs> that is a very good point. That is a very good point. Yes, uh, no, no throwaway. 52nd, um, as you said, debut in this one. We did have a game tonight in the Bunnings NPC as well, and we've just had a text asking us uh, for the score in that game, and it was uh, Taranaki took on Counties, and it finished Taranaki 25, Counties Manukau 14. Um, So there you go, Taranaki getting a much-needed win because they have been languishing towards the bottom of the even pool. Um, They are still three points behind Northland, who have a game in hand, and they are four points behind Tasman uh, with... How many rounds have we got left? I think two uh, round robins left. So, yeah, a lot of work to do for the Naki to make postseason, but they did get a win tonight. Um, so uh, thanks for your text. And, uh, yeah, the Naki getting up and getting the win over County's Manukau uh, by 25 to 14. And that was the score there. So uh, uh, sorry we didn't mention that earlier. Uh, joining us out of Sydney now is Mark. G'day, Mark. How are you? G'day, Ricardo. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. I don't know if you caught the netball or if you listened to the netball or if you're even calling about the netball. Uh, what, what could we talk to you about tonight regarding sport? Well, well netball and rugby. Because mm. I was listening to the netball on SEN, said, and I thought it was a great game myself. I mean, yes, it's a bit um, disheartening that they haven't got their number one team here and, you know, the tests have been downgraded to two as a number. But at least Jamaica's here and they're playing, so that's a plus. And I think that um, netballs are in good stead with regard to, you know, New Zealand and Australian athletes won't turn their backs on it. It just needs a shake-up with regard to administration and management as to what they're not doing. Like, 
not making three tests in New Zealand. And, you know, circumstances have dictated that they put the tickets at half price. I just think there needs to be a bit of extra work at the top. But overall, I think the game's in good shape here and in, uh, here in Australia and in New Zealand too. Hmm. Because with a coach like Nolene Chowerer coaching New Zealand, you know you're going to get quality off and on the court with New Zealand. So in New Zealand and Australia, I think the game's in good hands. In terms of rugby, don't get me started on how many things went wrong in the last Letters Low Cup match. I mean, it's like, I agree that the Australian player you were talking about uh, should cop a rather heavy penalty, but the person who should cop the heavier penalty is the referee, because in my opinion, that Bernard Foley call was an absolute farce. Well, I, I'd say this to you, Mark. If he makes the right call in red cards, Darcy Swain, he probably doesn't need to make the call about time-wasting at the end. But the thing was, it's like, in terms of NFL or rugby union or rugby league where a game is near the end, you know, uh, NFL teams will commonly run the ball at, with their running back. And in rugby union or rugby league, they'll kick the ball to get distance and take time off the clock. And Bernard Foley was in the midst of that. I mean, he was preparing for the kick. Well, yeah, I, 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 I see what you're saying, Mark, but I disagree in that if the rest of this team is screaming at him and you can see them in the background telling him to kick it, the referee's told him to kick it, the referee's given him a warning, the referee's taken the, the stop the clock, and then the referee has blown time on and told him it's time on and then told him again it's time on. Uh, yeah, I don't believe for a second that Bernard Foley didn't know what was going on. He was trying to milk it as much as he could, and it bit him in the bum. And the other thing that a lot, a lot of people have talked about, that was the second time they had kicked for touch in the match at a penalty where he had done that. He had had a warning once previous because it took him 35 seconds to kick a ball out for a line-out from a penalty. So, yeah, no, Bernard Foley is absolutely full of it. He didn't not hear the referee. He was just trying to milk it, and he got found out. That's my take. That's my take. Thanks for your call, Mark. Uh, We're going to get away to ads. Up next, though, Yvonne Willering is going to join us. Just gone 10 o'clock here on SENZ Extra Time, and of course uh, we've not long wrapped up the first Tiny Jamison test against Jamaica. The Ferns running out winners 70-45. to Joining us to talk about that is Yvonne Willering, former Silver Ferns coach. Uh, how are you, Yvonne? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, and what an interesting game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was an interesting game. I mean... Uh, I said earlier on the show, and I'm keen to get your take on it as someone that's been in uh, Dame Nolene's uh, seat. But you know, I was when I heard that Jamaica were coming, uh, I was excited because of the team that we saw at the Common Games that beat Australia, beat New Zealand. I thought this is going to be a great test. Yeah. Then I heard a lot of players unavailable. I thought, well, that's disappointing, but at least you know we'll 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 we'll, we'll get a contest. And then we only get seven of them. And then we have a 58-year-old on the bench. We have a woman who's only just, you know, who six six weeks ago gave birth for the first time. Uh, someone who hasn't yep. played professional netball since 2017. I mean, that was the makeup of their yep. bench. Um, I know that's not their fault. There's not much they could have done about it from the sounds of things. But I mean, really, where is the challenge for the Silver Ferns, particularly when you're using this to get ready for the Aussies in the Constellation Cup? 
Yeah, honestly, it was just so different, wasn't it? And yeah, it, I mean, you weren't going to get the same Jamaican team that was at the Com Games. That was all. I, I personally never thought that Fowler and uh, and Sterling were going to come, um, just for lots of different reasons. But yeah, interesting. The team that did eventually come, and what was really interesting, their bench really sat there hoping like crazy they wouldn't, there would be no injuries, and not, and no one had to go on the court. Whereas on the Ferns bench. The people that were on the sideline just couldn't wait to get on. So, yeah, it's just totally contrasting. Here the Silver Ferns, they've been in training camp for I don't know how long, not knowing when they were going to play, you know, and what day. And he had Jamaica arriving on Monday and uh, jet-lagged and then only had a training on Tuesday to present tonight. And I actually thought, apart from that first quarter, they presented, they actually played pretty good nipple. And, uh, yeah, they surprised me because that last quarter when I thought they were going to die they only lost that 16-12 so it actually from the team that came and don't forget a lot of them were newbies and that was reflected in that first quarter score of 21-10 because they were just caught wanting in that first quarter but then they settled down so Jamaica actually was quite satisfied with their performance as were the Spoons. I mean, if you're in Dame Nolene's um, shoes at the moment, I mean, I know we've got a game tomorrow, so there's not much time uh, to think about it, not much time to recover for the Jamaicans, to be fair. But to make it more of a contest for your players, do you put a seven out there and tell them that they're not going to get changed and that all your subs can sit in their tracksuits and and try and get as much out of it and as much of an even contest as you can make it? Well, she actually didn't make any changes until the fourth quarter Mm. when she had opportunities throughout to make changes. And it actually surprised me because I know I actually said that it would have been interesting to have a moving shooting circle uh, at some stage. And you actually may see that in the game tomorrow. But at the moment, it's very much, I mean, obviously it's about the Ferns. Jamaica, that is not the team that's going to present themselves at the World Championships. But honestly, you know, some of these players have now experienced international netball so certainly they've been it's been a benefit to them how much benefit to the silver ferns they really started slow and there's you know they they indicated right at the start both um Ignacio and fitzpatrick indicated it was about them their focus was totally on them and and their performance and yet in the first and second quarter they actually started very slowly and initially i thought that was the reason why dame nolan didn't make the changes they just needed to to improve their performance. So whilst they did some good things, on the whole, I actually was a bit disappointed with the Ferns. I thought that the new uh, mid-court combination of Gordon and Cernus and also Royale and Buchanan, um, I thought that that would add a lot of speed through that mid-court and I actually don't think it did that tonight. No, I mean, so if you were in Dame Nolan's shoes, what are you doing tomorrow? Uh, I, I think she should play. The, uh, the only player actually that didn't play was was Wilson and Johnson because she came in for Heffernan and Johnson will be there again tomorrow. But it's more important. Uh, Wilson has to get on the court tomorrow um, because now they're looking obviously at preparation towards Australia. 
totally different team uh, that will they'll come up against. So it's more about how how attacking wise, it's about combination work. So yeah, I think that yeah, Wilson has to take the call at some stage, and I think Selby Ricketts needs to go on again. I didn't think her shooting stats were quite as high as she would have liked. So this is an opportunity for her to get back out there and the mid court maybe soon as it wing attack and bring either Gordon, yeah, probably Gordon back into the centre position. But at the moment. Karaka, they're playing her at wing defence when we know she's a far better goal defence. But having said that, really, Ali Timu, uh, I thought she made a good introduction to the Silver Ferns tonight. Yeah, it'd be good to get her another, you know, solid 60 minutes under her belt um, and, and prepare her uh, going forward, uh, looking at the World Cup and things. What about, um, I mean, I, I, I bow to Dame Nolene's superior knowledge around the game. Uh, Yvonne, it has to be said, but there are some things that I did. I looked at some of the players that we took to the Com game, some of the players she, she selected for that, and I thought, well, there, yep. it feels to me like there are some very good players who have got great individual skills, who read the game very well, that aren't in there for whatever reason. Uh, and one yep. of those I think I we might have missed tonight would have been Petha Tuiava. <laughs> yeah, but she's been in the situation before and, uh, you know, she's she's been found wanting. Whether she gets another opportunity, well, time will tell on that one, um, yeah, with regards to that. Yeah, there were players left, left at home and some of them just did not pass the fitness requirements. And the one thing that Dame Nolene is, is adamant about is when she sets targets, she expects that uh, those targets to be met. So everyone knows, especially with the defensive targets, everyone knows what level they have to achieve. So yeah, it's up to them to achieve those, and it's not beyond uh, players at the elite level. So, yeah, and that happened. Grace Nowicki was was really at a stage there for a while that she only just, in the end, only just made the fitness standards, and other players didn't. So, you know, for the world champs going into next year, ANZ, yeah, that's the last opportunity for players to um, present themselves um, for selection. Mm, yeah, I mean, because you mentioned. Um you know, combinations. And I think, you know, that uh, that yep. Tuiava nueki combination I saw it uh, in the ANZ yep. Prem over the last couple of seasons has been just so, so effective. Um, how much do you think Peter Tuiava has to do to get back in the reckoning? Yeah, but she'd come in once before and if she's got a tall player marking in front of her, then she has problems with that, where she knows, obviously, yeah, within the Mystic setup, it's a different defensive setup against her. And everyone knows that she's a great feeder, and it surprises me that more people don't really take basic, well, when I say take her out of play, really uh, make her in a situation where she's found wanting, trying to get the ball. Um, you know, and, and it's, Gordon has also been in and out, and you, you can also look at other players like you've got your Sam Winders, you've got your Maturel sitting there. So we've actually got a bunch of players that are sitting in either the Silver Fern squad or the development squad. And and Nolene has indicated that they're still like they're still in the equation. They're just not there now because you know we've got limit, limited games coming up. And against Jamaica right now, like even tomorrow's game, uh, it, 
whilst you can work on combinations, sometimes what what you can do now, you're not able to do in, in the really tough games. Like we we did quite a few what I call diagonal passes. And, you know, ag- against a team like Australia, you ain't going to be able to do that because they will intercept it. And also with their defence, um, yeah, you know, the big bomb into Grace Nowicki, which we did quite a lot tonight, it's not going to be able to happen. And we cannot rely just on her. And for a while there... Um, um, Ekanasio didn't shoot. I mean, she got something like two out of two uh, leading into half time, you know. And 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 Dame Nolan has always indicated, and she said it to Selby Ricketts as well. I need you to turn to the post, and I agree. I think goal attacks should be taking some of the shots as well, just to split the defence up from the opposition. Yeah, I mean that is one of the things that I looked at when when I saw the squad uh, for the Com Games and then the, the squad here as well is that we seem to be mm-hmm. carrying. Or I don't know, carrying is probably the wrong word, but we seem to have some shooters in this team that aren't actually great shooters, you know, shooters that are shooting in the ANZ at 70% rather than at 90%, and yeah. then we have people like Alia Dunn who, who can't make it. Ali, yeah, and, and hers, I'm sure, will be a fitness aspect. You know, and yes, she is, she is, but you've, you've got to, from ANZ, it's a huge step up to the international level. And don't forget, some of these players have been in a Silver Fern squad and they have had training camps. So a lot has taken up on that as well, which obviously we don't get to see. Well, I sometimes do attend, but, you know, generally speaking, the public doesn't see that. So it, that's really the next step up. And I indicated earlier in the season as well, it is a huge step up from ANZ to international level. I mean, you have a look at it. Teams could still have four or five losses and still make the finals, you know, and that really shouldn't happen at all. So, yep, you know, and and you can look at, and again, a player I really really enjoy watching is Matura because I I love her play. I like the way she works. But again, it's a situation that uh, she was looking at combinations there. And to be fair, you have a look at it. Selby Ricketts probably didn't perform as well as people would have liked during ANZ, but I thought she really came to the party at the Commonwealth Games and she turned and she shot to the post and I thought that she really took responsibility out on court. Yeah, I mean, the the team that we have got, um, they obviously won tonight by 25 points. If you're Dame Nolene, are you happy with that? Are you happy with what you saw tonight? No. No, I wouldn't be. Uh, and I indicated early on uh, against a, a really inexperienced team like Jamaica was, um, yeah, it, the score should have been higher uh, in that, you know. And again, 16-12 in that last quarter. Hey, listen, give that to Jamaica because I thought that mm. fitness was going to take them, and it didn't. They were right there to the end. And you have a look at it. A player like Fowler uh, in the attacking end, with her not being there, it isn't just about her height. It's also her leadership and her discipline to the players around her, you know, and that's also a great factor in their team. And at the other end, you've got, we always... The, the Sterlings, but don't forget Wilson was there, but they sort of really take control of that defensive unit. And really this Jamaican team that, that performed tonight, I actually thought that they actually performed pretty well considering everything that was against them. So looking at the Ferns, yeah, I don't think that they... they Yeah, they like the scoreline, but I don't think that uh, they will be totally satisfied with their performance. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be, I know you, you indicated, you know, it's only tomorrow to go, so they've got to step up. But I look at Jamaica, and it's going to be harder for them to step up. 
Mm, yeah, it will be. Uh, I mean, you mentioned the scoring. You know, they would have liked to have scored more the Silver Ferns, but what about conceding forty-five goals to this team? Will that be a worry as well? Well, yeah, Jamaica was really happy about it. Nelson mm. spoke at the end of the game, and she's I'm so proud of all the players. And then she mentioned the score, 45. And I hadn't actually considered that until then. And I thought, well, yeah, because you look at the Silver Ferns' defence, that's a very experienced defensive lineup. And in that last quarter, even Fitzpatrick got onto the court. So, yeah, I think that certainly that attacking lineup to get 45 goals will be pretty happy about that. Mm. And that's why it was an interesting game, because you had a situation at the end, both teams spoke with a lot of confidence and were quite happy. And you go, well, if you didn't know the score, you actually wouldn't know who had actually won the game. No, that's true, actually. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, uh, away from the game, Yvonne, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, uh, this isn't about finger pointing, but I, obviously we have to get to the bottom mm-hmm. of why we've ended up where we've ended up. Uh, what's no. your understanding of that? And do you think Will Netball will, ha- uh, will do anything about it? You're talking about how the Jamaica the series, how yeah. it ended up. Um, yeah, what can they do about it? I mean, if you have a look at the reasons that Jamaica have given for everything, um, yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's interesting. And don't forget, uh, and they indicated that they've known about the series since June, and apparently they indicated that two of the players weren't going to be available. And well, I think you and I both knew which players they were. Mm. Um, you know, <clears throat> but it was a situation that their team actually wasn't even named until quite recently. So maybe they need to start looking at uh, a change in rules there. See, don't forget the Ferns needed this to be um, deemed an international fixture. Um, and I, I hadn't realised that uh, rankings come into this as well. And uh, obviously, uh, we're looking at improving our rankings leading into the world champs, um, as Jamaica should be as well. But Jamaica at the moment is sitting third, and they will stay third anyway. Yeah, but, yeah there's a few things going on. But I think, didn't we have two New Zealand umpires on the game as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. I, yeah, I and normally, internationally, you, you know, you get neutral umpires, so I didn't, didn't quite understand that one. But I think it has been deemed as an a, a, a international game, which means, obviously, um, Timu gets uh, gets her cap for that, and mm. rightly so. I thought she played well. Mm, yeah, she did. I guess there'll just always be an asterisk next to the series for people, won't there, going, going forward well, when they look back it, at it? Yeah, but what I think is interesting, I mean, in the history books now, obviously it's going to say that we had a win. Uh, but I also want to know where is in the in the history books, is it going to say that Connie Francis is now the oldest player to have been deemed to have you know been part of the Jamaican playing team? <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. It will be. It will be. <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. Um, uh, I mean, given this is you know uh, two of the top four sides in the world, and we're at this situation. Yvonne, what does it say about where netball is in the sporting landscape at the moment? I was talking a bit about this earlier and saying, you know, netball, I think, has to be careful because it's not the days now that, you know, at school the girls play netball, the boys play rugby. There are so many different pathways. And if I'm New Zealand netball, I'm very nervously looking in the direction of of basketball, particularly probably football a little bit as well, football, because yeah. because yep. you know they can offer and those rugby. those US scholarships. They can offer these different pathways as a sport. It offers more than just what you do on the court. Um, so netball really has to be careful about staying relevant. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And same with like the football. You've got all your, your, your age groups as well, and we're and the representative. Uh, you know, so yeah, it's it's an area that that uh, you certainly needs to be addressed. And what I also find interesting, we've got a fast five at the end of the year, and you see at the moment the, uh, the talk is obviously it'll come from the silver firms, whereas I see fast five as a totally separate competition. Mm. And you know, it, it's some of the players totally different, and and maybe we need to look at that and. Give others opportunities there as well, but yeah, and also you see, everyone's like we're gearing towards the world champs. As far as I'm concerned, every time you represent your country, it is about performance and it is about the score. And I think yeah, sometimes we're getting a bit away from that, um, and, and that's disappointing. You know, this is it's like trying out different combinations. And no, I don't believe in that. I think that you pick your best players, and uh, whenever you represent your country. That's what it's about. It's not preparation for another event. It's just the way I look at it, you yeah. know. And this tiny Jamison Trophy uh, deserves the respect. Well, I guess a little bit uh, related to that, you know, we're talking about netball staying relevant. Fast five with the new generation might be a way that netball gets kids in, a, engaged or younger people engaged and involved in the game. Mm. Do you see it at mm. some point developing? It's it's a bit into its own sport like rugby sevens or like T Twenty cricket. Yes, I'd like to see that, uh, and I'm, I'm sure quite a few other people would as well. Because we're trying, some people wanting to introduce different rules into what you call the traditional game, which is what we're playing now, you know. And we're saying no, leave that for fast five, like the two points, you know, the super shots and that sort of stuff. And yeah, I and I see that totally differently. And same with the super shot, you actually would defend it differently than uh, in the traditional game. Now, one rule that we're looking at in the fast five is changing the designation to actual numbers and I like that idea and that would separate the sports so you have like one to five because it is after, after all called fast five so you have the players name one to five and you know that one and two are the only ones that can shoot so that also would separate the two games and I think we need to do that yeah, yeah, that's interesting mate. to be honest Yvonne I just let everybody with it, uh, who's on the court shoot from wherever they like that that really open it up. <laughs> <laughs> that that was certainly opening up, and oh, I tell you, especially the goalkeepers, they they think they're the best shooters anyway. Exactly, so, they, yeah. they, they've watched enough miss, obviously, so they they, they know how it's done. Uh, Yvonne, thanks yeah. very much for coming but, on. I really appreciate your time. No, it's, it's a pleasure. But yeah, under the circumstances, I mean, when we looked at you know all the hassles with the with the with Jamaica, and we say it's out of our control. Well, it has to has to be addressed absolutely. But actually, at the end of the day, it actually wasn't too bad a game. Especially you know the Jamaicans came out stronger than I thought they'd come out. Mm, yeah, no, they did well. They yeah. did well. And you know, mm. a part of me wants to celebrate that, and part of me wants to be worried for the ferns. That they didn't win by more. I'm with you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that because you could turn around and say, "Oh hell, what if like you had the you had even half their team here? What difference would that make?" And and we're missing a few players, but on the whole, you know, we've got a pretty strong lineup there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Good stuff, Yvonne. Mm. Thanks again for coming on, okay. mate. I know you've had a, a long night. You've been calling this game on Sky. You've been talking to me. You've been doing all sorts. So <laughs> appreciate it. Go have a cup of tea. Put your feet up. Okay, will do. Cheers. All right, catch up. Thank you. Uh, Yvonne Willering there with us, uh, former Silver Ferns coach. Uh, yeah, some interesting takes from Yvonne on that as well. 20 past 10, uh, your thoughts on that. And uh, were you there? Were you at the game? Uh, and what did you make of it? Have you watched the game? 
What did you make of what the Silver Ferns offered, what the Jamaicans offered, and whether or not this tiny Jamison trophy holds any meaning given the circumstances around it? Let us know. 0800 150 811 or 8833. It's 25 past 10 here on SCNZ Extra Time. Ricardo Paul with you through till 11 o'clock. Phone lines are open 0800 150 811, 0800 150 811 or 8833 is our text number. And uh, you can let us know uh, what you thought of the netball tonight. Of course, we did have the live call from Mark Stafford and we've got the live call again tomorrow night as well. Uh, if the netball is not what you want to talk about, well, there's plenty more to talk about. Of course, we've got a Bledisloe Cup match on Saturday night at Eden Park, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what that all-black team looks like uh, coming into um, that uh, that game. I mean, the Aussies can't win the Bledisloe, but there is a record to defend, of course, at Eden Park. That is something to consider, so be interesting to see what they do there because it, I would suggest that Sam Kane is going to be out. I, I think David Havili as well because uh, according to Steve Devine, they have a 10-day stand-down protocol for head knocks if they fail an HIA. So that would rule them both out, you would think, and that would mean that they're going to have to be a couple of changes. So what are those changes going to be? What would your midfield look like? And maybe what would you do around the um, uh, the Lucys? Because, I mean, uh, Artie Savier is back, so do you just put Artie at seven, keep Hoskins at eight, and then is Shannon Frizzell fit yet? If not, do you keep Scott Barrett at six, or do you put Akira Yuani at six? Um, so, yeah, let us know your thoughts on that, 0800 or you can text us on double eight double three. I know Beaver earlier today, on the run home, he gave us uh, what he thinks the All Blacks will do. Um, he's gone Ethan De Groot, um, Toki Ahau and Tyrell Lomax as his front row, uh, Brody Wittalik and Sam Whitelock as his locks. He's kept Scott Barrett at six. He's put Savia back in at eight and Kane at seven if he's fit. Well, I don't think he's going to be fit, so that that is a question mark there. Aaron Smith at nine, Richie Mwanga at ten, Caleb Ralph and Sevu Reese on the wings. Geordie Barrett in 12. Rico Yuani in 13. And Will Jordan in 15. And then Bauer, Newell, Coles um, on the on the bench as uh, front row cover. He's gone with Luke Jacobson and Akira Yuani. Um, I don't know why you'd put Jacobson in there, um, but there you go ahead of maybe Dalton Papali. There's no natural seven there. If you've got Akira and Luke Jacobson, you basically got two sixes. I think uh, then Finlay Christie, Bowden Barrett, and RTS as uh, midfield and outside back cover. That was uh, that was Beaver's team. So let us know yours, 0800 150 or double eight double three. Also, the NRL finals, preliminary finals. We have um, Parramatta going to Townsville to take on the Cowboys, and we have a rematch of the Grand final from last year with the Panthers taking on the Rabbitohs. Uh, who do you think is going to make that grand final? 0800 150 811 or 8833. That is the Temper Bed Post text machine. Uh, let us know. Now, post match, post the game uh, between the Silver Ferns and Jamaica, uh, Mark Stafford managed to catch up with the woman they call Flash Gordon, talking about Maddie Gordon, of course. Maddie Gordon, what a machine out there today, mate. Like, Especially that first half, you and Grace Murphy were like North Pole, South Pole when it came to a magnet. Amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was so good to get out there. Um, 
ups to Gracie. Obviously, she's a good target back there. But um, I think the first end to pass, I didn't really look in. And I was like, no, Maddie, she's there. Just look in. <laughs> and after that, I think we connected really well. I was saying to Michaela during the call that while it would have been a pain in the butt, this delay, 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 did it allow you to work a lot more with Grace? Because you're different premiership teams. You have camps and stuff. Because that connection was bang right from the get-go. Yeah, 100%. We've definitely had um, more trainings than we thought we'd had, which has been great. Um, we've been working out together really well um, in training, but I think definitely the extra trainings did help. Nice. Now, the changes, uh, half-time, three-quarter time, are they pre-prescribed? Do you know what's going to happen? No, no, they weren't. No? No. They just came on, but they definitely deserved to. I think we were definitely um, did a good job out there, so they definitely deserved to come on, and they did great. So, Maddie, we've seen you a lot this season in wing defence, but wing attack tonight. We believe we that wing attack is your position. Yes. But what what do you think? Like, no, where yeah. do you like to go? I love wing attack too. I don't know. I just feel more free. I feel like, I, like I'm in control of my movements kind of thing, and I like that. Um, and also I can use my speed um, how I want to and stuff. So, yeah, I definitely love how free I am out there in wing attack. Yeah, we would agree. Have you got the confidence to go to the coaching group and say, mate, <laughs> mate, I'm a wing attack. I'm a wing attack. Because <laughs> even when you're wing defence, I was saying to Michaela, even with the wing defence, which you do a great job at, you've got an attacking mindset, and it's it's almost like you're having a bit of a wrestle. I'm the wing defence, but shit, I want to attack. Yeah, I think we're slowly starting to realise I'm more of an attacking player, but um, I've definitely, in the Pulse environment, you'll see me more in wing attack centre this year. Nice. Yeah. Good. We're looking forward. Well, yeah. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it because that means I've got to defend you. But for you, I'm looking forward to it because internationally, I think that's where you belong. And to play there for a club is going to help you here. Yeah, awesome. No, thanks, Mickey. Awesome, Maddie. Great stuff tonight. We'll just go and eat jet planes and stretch and do stuff awesome. like that. Awesome. Well Thank we'll you. you Thank you. Maddie Gordon there, one of the stars of the Silver Ferns. Yeah, one of the stars of the Silver Ferns, all right, Maddie Gordon, also uh, starring tonight on debut, was Ellie Timu. What is important, we're joined by the debutante, Ellie Timu. Holy hecka, I've been waiting for this for like a couple of years. How good. Oh, it's awesome. I think I'm still pinching myself that I was even in camp with the girls, and now that I've got my first cap, it's pretty un- it's unreal, yeah. And you played every single second of that game. Yeah, it was a um, full 60 minutes. I wasn't really expecting it, but really grateful to um, get the chance to play and then play 60 minutes is awesome. So you played a lot of anti-premiership, um, but this is a test match. The difference in the build-up, the difference for you internally building up to your first test. Yeah, um, I guess a lot of emotion. Uh, if you saw, I was a bit of a suki lala on the um, line in the anthem. Um, so much excitement. I guess we play so hard, um, we play and train so hard to get to this moment. So to be here is just, oh, I'm like speechless to be fair. And my family was here in the crowd, which made it even more special. I know. <laughs> now you're giving me the emotions. I've just got goosebumps. Like seeing you here in the black dress, you got the Silver Ferns logo on there. Uh, me, Michaela, and Brooke have been screaming for this moment, and we're here to witness it. You know, we, we couldn't be prouder. Um, your family must be so proud. Yeah, mum's. Um got everyone having each like a singular singular letter with let's go Ali <laughs> so that was awesome to see um yeah I'm really owe everything to them as well so I'm so happy they were here for my debut I've got the stats here in front of me because I was like you were all over the show that one point you put a sneaky hand up and got a deflection but you've got three intercepts four deflections and eight center pass receives like that is unreal on your debut so talk me through it your first intercept 
came out of this corner, your eyes lit up. Like, what are you looking at when you're going for ball? I don't know. I was trying to stay in structure, but Knowles is all about if you're in structure, you can still go out and um, do your own thing. And I love going for ball. So when that was there, I was like, oh, my gosh. this is Yes, I've got a clean intercept <laughs> yeah. there. Um, and then I love attacking. So if I'm able to help out on the centre pass, I am um, all for that. Yeah, it was unreal to watch. And same what you said, eh? It yeah. was you're so like, cool to see you here, and you 100% deserve this moment. Thank you so much. You're like a new breed defender, and like you really involve yourself in attack. You always make yourself available. You don't. You're never a passenger. You always want to be an option. Is, is that coaching to you? Is that who you are? Well, I guess being an attacker obviously probably helped. Um, so I love the attacking side of shooting. Not the shooting side, but um, so I guess bringing that in when I'm in Goldie, I love it. Um, just long drives, looking down, seeing what I can help out when I can. So yeah, it's awesome. Well, Ellie, um, just so cool. Like I can't, I can't even imagine what your family mm, are yeah. thinking. Like watching their girl down here, watching their sister, their cousin, whoever was here. Amazing to see you here, and long may it continue. Well done. Thank you so much, guys. There you go, 26 away from 11 here on SENZ Extra Time. That was Mark Stafford uh, talking uh, to Ali Timu, who was on debut tonight for the Silver Ferns in that 70-45 to win over Jamaica. When we come back, uh, there's been a lot said today around the world of football and also around boxing. And we're going to hear from Andy Lee, the man training Joseph Parker for the big fight with Joe Joyce this weekend. 21 away from 11 here on SENZ Extra Time. Ricardo Ball here through till 11 o'clock tonight. Of course, this weekend, the big fight coming out of the UK. You can catch it Sunday morning on Sky Sports. Joseph Parker is taking on Joe Joyce and Andy Lee, who is Tyson Fury's trainer, has been training Joe for this fight. He's been training Joe for about the last 18 months or so. Uh, and here's what he had to say ahead of the fight. He's definitely more focused and more determined. And I think the challenge is... Brought, brought him to a new level. I think he knows he has to be better than his previous fights to beat Joyce. So in that sense, yeah, I'm seeing a different side to him, but he's still the same, uh, you know, lovable guy and kind and very thoughtful and considerate. But there's a meanness and, and there's a, yeah, there's been a, like, there's a couple of times inspiring when I've just said to him, right, get this guy out of there, go for it, just to show that little bit of ruthlessness. And he's done that inspiring. So pleased to see that. Even if you are humble and very nice, inside yourself somewhere you probably think, I'm still going to kick this guy's ass. You know, really, that's probably using a lot of different language, but you know what I can say. And uh, yeah, I think, I think he's probably a bit miffed because he's been underestimated. He's been kind of, everyone's given, saying Joyce is going to walk over him, that Parker doesn't have a choice or have a chance, that it's all going to be Joyce's fight and... And I think that's ruffled him a little bit and he's going to hopefully and will look to prove people wrong. Have you liked seeing that sighting? Yeah, he needs, he needs that. Everyone needs to have a bit of spite. And that's what I've seen in Joe. He can go, go a number of ways. You never know what's going to happen in a fight, in a heavyweight fight. We're prepared for... <clears throat> Joe's punching hard. We're prepared to box. We're prepared to punch. We're prepared to fight. We're prepared for every outcome. Um, but if Joe can execute the game plan and stay calm emotionally then he can make this fight very easy for himself uh, if he gets caught up trading with Joyce or gets caught with a shot and tries to retaliate too soon and gets involved in a fight fights Joyce's fight then it could be a very hard night but 
I think Joseph Parker has all the attributes. The speed of hand, feet, his combination punching, and the deliberate moves that we've worked out that will work perfectly against Joyce. And if he can do them, he'll win easy. And when you're trying to finish somebody off, that's when they're at the most dangerous. So you've got to be careful, and there's, a, you know, there's an art to doing it. Um, and if, if Joseph Parker hurts Joyce in this fight, he's still got to be very careful and not, not to punch himself, punch himself out. He's got to be economical. He's got to choose his, his kind of moment. Because I, I believe Parker will hurt Joyce lots of times this fight because Joyce is easy to hit and Parker's punching very clean. So it's about picking the right moment. And I'll be there to guide him. He'll hear my voice and um, I know when he's gone. I know when he's ready to go and I'll, I'll be shouting to Joe. Get him out of there. There's a respect there and an admiration of each other. And um, yeah, it's, you know, we were put together by Tyson Fury. He recommended me to Joe and Joe to me. And um, yeah, it's been a great, there's, there's a great friendship there and a bond and a closeness, but there's also a great working relationship in terms of, I say jump and he says how high. That kind of way he works, he works extremely hard and he's fully respectful and listens to my opinion. And, um, I think if I told him to run through a fire, he would. Because that's, you know, that's what you need that for a coach. Boxing needs that for a coach, to have that kind of blind ambition and follow him no matter what he says. Um, and Joe's trusted in me and I trust in Joe. And hopefully we'll get the good result on Saturday. Yeah, hopefully they get the good result. They, they are the underdogs, and uh, that is interesting for mine. And I, I do like the change of attitude and the change of approach that Andy Lee has instilled in Joseph Parker and David Nika talked about it as well, a bit more of a killer attitude without really um, putting your foot on the throat of an opponent and trying to get them out of there. Uh, your thoughts, what do you reckon? How's it going to go? Is Joe Parker going to get the W against Joe Joyce? Uh, Joe Joyce doesn't have the pro record Parker does, but he is older and he has a better amateur record, so it's going to be an interesting matchup. Let us know 0800 150811 or 8833. It's 16 away from 11. This is SENZ Extra Time. Ricardo Ball with you through till 11 o'clock. We're 12 away from that. Uh, earlier today, uh, there was a press conference over in Australia ahead of the Socceroos taking on the All Whites in the first of the two internationals. And Graham Arnold, the coach of the Socceroos, was talking about the team and about the game and their preparation for the World Cup. Yeah, look, it's uh, something that we're still looking at. Um, I know that every player wants to play both games. You know, at the end of the the game tomorrow night, I'll be telling 10 or 11 that they're not going across to New Zealand and those players will be upset because their mentality and they, they want to take, uh, they want to play both games to take, uh, to have two chances. But uh, again, it's, uh, we've picked the, the, the bigger squad uh, to, to, see, to see a plan B or C because, you know, if we just look at one player for each position and that player gets injured or something the week before, I won't have a plan B, so this is more about the plan B and, and making sure we've got those players ready. We're still waiting for the last couple of players to come in, um, but uh, I think you know, we've been with each other long enough now, four years, four and a half years, that uh, the boys know exactly <coughs> what's required when they come into camp. And uh, you know, to have a, a derby, I think the last time we played against New Zealand, that I can remember anyway, was... Uh, you know, back under Pim debate, if that's correct. And uh, so it's been a, a long 12 years that we haven't played New Zealand and uh, <clears throat> it's like a, a derby still. 
you know, if we carry on like the, uh, you know, the rugby with the Wallabies and, and the same type of thing. So it's uh, exciting to be able to play against them tomorrow night. Obviously, uh, <clears throat> them, them coming in to see our culture and the way that uh, the soccer is camp is, but also to learn our way we want to play. We expect them to play. And uh, we're watching. They've, they've been selected for this camp because of their form at Clubland. And, you know, for, for us to get to know the players uh, even a little bit better than what we already do, <clears throat> but also that they've got to go back to their clubs and, and, and work hard and be in the best form of their life because Qatar is a, a, a completely different World Cup than in the past. We only get one week preparation um, before the France game. Players have to be at their fittest, the strongest they've ever been. And, uh, you know, so... You know, the, the boys will be given a chance. And, uh, again, with the training side of things, is uh, us to learn and look at them as well. And these two games with a quick turnaround will give uh, uh, good opportunities to them. So there you go. That was Graham Arnold talking ahead of the game tomorrow night between the Socceroos and the All-Whites in Brisbane. Another Australian manager has been in the news as well. That is Ange Postacoglu, of course, uh, making great strides at Celtic. He has been linked to the Leicester City job because Brendan Rodgers is under pressure. Looks like he might get the sack sooner rather than later. Where'd they get Brennan Rogers from? Well, that's right, Celtic. Um, so you can see where the links have come from. Ange Postacoglu talked about that today. Anyone who's followed my career knows that I'm, I'm pretty big on, on playing the game a certain way, and uh, I've tried to do that wherever I've been. On, on you know, against the backdrop of knowing that I had to be successful, and um, but I've always tried to, you know, play football in a manner that I think, um, you know, excites supporters, and 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 you know, as I said, I obviously brings success to the football club. So it is important to me, and I think everywhere I've been, uh, yeah, I guess the, the question's always been, will it work at the next level? And you know, what I've tried to prove is that. It does, and it will, and um, you know it's great. And it, you know, I'm at a really massive football club at the moment. I mean, I, I, you know, sometimes because we we play in the Scottish Premiership, and that's probably not one of the high-profile European leagues. But in terms of an institutional football club, Celtic, we play in front of 60,000 people. We we get the opportunity to win trophies. We're in the Champions League. It's a massive football club. So I know that the success I have there, and hopefully we play football that I want. You know, um, you know, I'm proud that it'll get noticed everywhere. There was a report in Scotland that suggested that Leicester are exploring the possibility of maybe looking at you if they were to part ways with Brendan Rodgers. Um, as a coach who's in a job and reports like that come out about a coach that's in a job as well, how does that make you feel, Ann? Not really on my radar. I mean, it's a bit like our players. I keep saying to them that, you know, if, if, if they do what they do well, then all this other stuff takes care of itself, whatever their ambitions or, or my ambitions you know, may, may be. My ambition's always been the same wherever I've been is to be as successful as I can. You know, I haven't charted a course for myself that's got me to where I am today. I've just tried to do what I've done to the best of my ability and opportunities arise from there. But right now, like I said, I'm at a massive football club, mate. I'm, I'm living the dream and I'm enjoying every minute of it and just determined to bring as much success as I can to it um, you know, while I'm there. So that's Ange Postacoglu basically saying no, no chance, not going to happen. Another bloke who is uh, new to the job or new to a job is uh, the new Brighton boss uh, with Graham Potter going to Chelsea. Brighton have hired an Italian, Roberto De Zerbi, and uh, he was asked about why he took the job and what his plans for Brighton are going forward. Uh, Brighton for me is a very important challenge. I'm very happy to be here. I am very proud to to be the new head coach for Brighton. 
I want to say thank you the, to the chairman, to the, all the club. There are uh, many players, many uh, good players. I have studied every single player and uh, I know um, their quality. And I think uh, I can do uh, a great job. What style of play will you bring to Brighton? There are many similarities the media have spoken about between you and Graham Potter, but you are also different. What will your style be? I think Potter worked uh, well. He's a great uh, manager. We have uh, similar ideas. Normally, uh, every trainer is different uh, uh, because um, my idea is um, not uh, the same, but uh, there are many, many things um, similar. Brighton fans have been studying your previous teams, the statistics, and they seem very excited that you tend to score lots of goals. Is that something we will see here at Brighton? I know we have uh, a great fans. And uh, for me, for my football uh, idea, uh, it's very, very important. Uh, I love attack. I love... uh, uh, to attack with uh, uh, many players. Uh, it's important the defensive phase, but um, but I love uh, um, attack. If uh, I decided to attack and defend, normally in my idea is more important uh, to attack. Yeah, Roberto Di Zerbi, the new manager of Brighton and Hove Albion, looking forward to lots more football coming your way, particularly 10 o'clock tomorrow night, the All-Whites taking on the Socceroos. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.